what is your investment goal? What are you trying to accomplish with the investment? Then you can match that vehicle to that goal. Because if you don't know where the end destination that you're trying to get to is, it doesn't matter which deal you're going to invest in if it's not going to take you there. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show here on Surgeon Syndicate. Today, we're here with Nancy Wynn. Nancy is an ophthalmologist, an entrepreneur, and a real estate investor who started investing in real estate to regain control of her time. I love that introduction in your bio. So Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing. A little bit by myself. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I went up and down the East Coast for college, med school, residency, fellowship. And I'm currently in Atlanta, Georgia. So I am practicing ophthalmology here in Atlanta, Georgia. But my real estate journey really started when I had my first child. She's six now. And when you're single... And when you're just a couple being married, you have a lot of free time. And what you realize when you have kids is that you don't have a lot of free time. And when she came into the world, I just wanted to be with her more. I wanted to be more present. And that's when I was like, how can I still maintain a certain lifestyle, earn a certain income without having to spend more time at work? And that's when I went down this rabbit hole of passive income and discovered real estate. And I was just fascinated from day one. So got educated and starting buying my own active properties here in Atlanta. And then soon discovered there was a more passive route to investing through syndications and started investing in those. So that's kind of a brief journey into how I got into real estate. All right. So you started out more active and then went passive but now kind of back on the active side again. Yeah, active-passive. Is that what you call it? <laughs> I think it's not an uncommon thing to see going back and forth a little bit from, from my journey. So what kind of properties are you investing in now? Mostly it's multifamily properties. Um, I love the multifamily model or just the commercial aspect because it's really valued like a business. So you really have a little bit more control in how you drive up the value versus a residential property, one to four units is how we define residential, where it's more about comps, right? Comparable. So if Uncle Bob across the street sold a property for $300,000, it doesn't matter how well you run your property, it's still going to be $300,000. And I like the commercial aspect of apartments because you can increase income or decrease expenses and hence the property goes up and it's not so much driven by what the other property sold for. So mostly right now I'm invested in multifamily properties. So when you say you're active passive, so since you have your own company and kind of explain your role and how you're running that right now. Yeah, it started very organically. So I was investing passively in real estate opportunities. And a lot of my inner circle, so to say, friends, families, colleagues saw what I was doing and started getting curious. So by default, I was kind of educating them, having lunches, one-off conversations, coffees about what I was learning, what I was doing. 
And even more on a selfish basis, I was like, how can I kind of expand this further? Because there's clearly an interest in it, particularly among physicians. And that's how I started Clear Vision Investing was really how can I have a broader reach to expose more people to this beautiful asset class called real estate and particularly multifamily real estate. So I started Clear Vision about two years ago. And really what I try to do is bring pre-vetted deals that I'm investing in to these people because I was already doing that. Hey, I'm investing in this deal. Come on along. And what I'm doing is really presenting them with opportunities that they would otherwise not have or not realize or not know how to look at. I'm not advising them to invest. It's just presenting them with opportunities so that they can take a look at what I'm investing in on a more global scale. So this is taking your expertise, I guess, and allowing other people to kind of join you without having to do as much of the work themselves. You're active in vetting the deal, but passive in the investment, and they get to be extra passive saying, I trust Nancy and let's go. Yeah. So how I've kind of inserted myself in just very select sponsors that I work with, because I have to know, like, and trust them, have invested with them before is really how can I bring in the investors, but also how can I be part of the team? Because I'm interested in learning how they actively run the deals as well. So being involved in investor relations, asset management, and being actually a part of the deal and looking at how they run it, right? Because as a passive investor, you're kind of like, you just put your money in there and then sit back. But as a general partner or more active sponsor, as part of the team, you really get to see how the business is run. I think it's helped relate to the investors that I bring in because I'm able to tell them this is exactly what's happening. And this is why it's happening rather than saying, I don't know. Right. So I really like that active, but passive role. Okay. So still involved as a general partner Mm -hmm. in parts of making the whole syndication go. Correct. So when you first started, because that's always an interesting thing that you start doing some stuff and then people ask you about it. And what types of things did you start to organize events or how did that grow and how did you communicate with the community? Because I've just seen some interesting things since I started down this road and I like hearing other people's story. And part of that too is I learn about how can I better share this with my peers some are really aggressive and like, yes, let's do this. Let's get going. And other people are interested, but they need a little bit more of an invitation. And I wasn't comfortable with the invitation for a long time. So I would just love to hear more about how you started involving other people. It's really a process, like you said, and it really grows organically and listening to what that circle that you're cultivating wants, because that's essentially who you're serving is these people that you're bringing in as investors or potential investors. So as I mentioned, it started off very, very just one-on-one conversations where it was like, hey, let's go out to coffee. Let's grab lunch together and talk about this. Like, what are you doing? What is this all about? And then it eventually grew where I'm like, okay, I want to reach one to many instead of one to one. How can I have more reach? And also selfishly save some of my time, right? Where I don't have to be repeating myself, (laughs) you know, 10 or a hundred times. So I started a website where I started putting just very basic educational content. Like what is a syndication? Why real estate? Some of the terms that we encounter in syndications, right? Like preferred equity. What is the limited partner? What is the general partner? So if you go on my website, there is a section about terminology where people can click on it, look up the term. What does that mean as they're going through these deals and learning? And then how I really grew was 
in that sense, that grew that way through the website. And then I started a YouTube channel where I talked about these things because people learn different ways. Some people like to read in between cases or whatnot. Some people like to listen. Some people like to watch. So I figure YouTube, they could either listen or watch the content. And I have some graphics or some videos with some information that might make more sense graphically. And then also just interviews with other physicians or other experts, quote experts, or people in the field of multifamily syndication, just so that they can have a voice. And I do kind of interview style and I kind of did live sessions for a while, but I realized not a lot of people attended them because their schedules, especially doctors are so busy that they prefer the recordings. So just having those resources to get people used to the concept. And as you said, everyone runs at a different pace. So some people are like, I trust you, Nancy, if you're investing in it, I'm going to invest in it. Some people just want that background. They want to know everything that's happening. They want to understand every term. And that's totally cool. So it's just tailoring it to their needs. And that's really my goal is just to educate, but they eventually have to make that decision for themselves. So you did some in-person meetups, but they weren't as popular. Because it was just harder well, for people no, they, to make they it? they were actually very popular. So I did the one-on-ones. And then last fall, I hosted something that from Clear Vision. Clear Vision Investing is my company. We hosted an event in Atlanta. Um, oh. It was mostly for women. <laughs> it was uh-huh. for women only. And really doctors, professional women. And we had a great time. Because I find that a lot of women are actually, you know, they express to me that they're intimidated sometimes because of is a room full of men and they feel like they can't answer the question. So it was just a wonderful time where it was very vulnerable. They asked very basic questions and didn't feel like they were a dummy or anything like that. So we had dinner together. We did a short presentation, just introduced them in syndication and just really connected with each other. And I find that a lot of people really crave that community. And then I was speaking at a conference in Charlotte this past summer and hosted an event in the evening also for some investors or potential investors. And it's really all about education, all about connecting with other people, either new investors or old investors, experienced investors. So what I try to do is really how people feel comfortable. I try to provide that in however way they want to learn. You know, that's interesting that these events were kind of focused for women. Correct. These two events were, yes. Okay. I've also hosted actually like virtual Zoom events where it's open to everyone. I wouldn't say all my audience, but I would say over half my audience are women. A lot of them are women physicians. And we talk differently sometimes just among women. So it's nice to have that safe space for them. So I'm not trying to exclude men, but it is a nice space for everyone. But we do have other events where it's a mixed room. No, because I think it's a great idea. And I see things differently because I have two daughters. So I live in a house full of women. And (laughs) Commercial real estate is still a male-dominated industry. And what I found is the women who are in it love helping other women get involved. Like, I mean, serious passion. So if there's any women listening and you feel intimidated by this, there are women out there like Nancy who would love to help you if you feel like you talk better with women and whatever the dynamic is. Every female I know who's heavily involved in commercial real estate has this desire to open the door for other women. So it's a really cool thing. Yeah, it's awesome. That's what I love about real estate and particularly commercial real estate. It's really like a team sport. Everyone's there to help everyone. And I found it a very abundant mindset where 
we're not competing or there's not a certain number of spots that, you know, you're a physician as well and a surgeon. So, you know, sometimes like when we're getting into residency, we feel like there's a limited number of spots. So there might be competition, but it's just an abundant mindset where there's more than enough for everyone. That's why I love it. And I just love helping people in whatever way I can. That's such an interesting thing from the doctor mindset, especially if you were new to it. You had to apply to a competitive college and then you were competing to get into residency. Every step of the way, there was all this competition. And so you start something new and it feels like there's got to be this line of people who are trying to get what you're after. And it's almost the opposite. The more people you connect with, the more that happens. And they're not your competitors. When the show launched, everybody told me, don't expect too much too soon. It takes a while. And so the first episodes were launched on a Friday. Mm. Saturday, I get two LinkedIn messages from a, a CRNA and a nurse practitioner who messaged me separately, uh, who are married. <laughs> and they both heard it and they both individually were like, this is cool. I want to know more. That's one day. And then they're like, let's meet. One of them said, let's meet. And then it's like, hey, is Shirley coming too? What? And so then they were like, I wanted to do the same thing. And within two days, we sat down and had a discussion about commercial real estate. And they brought a deal. Like there was a commercial building they were looking at. And they're like, well, I've been seeing this there. And I think it looks cool, but I don't even know where to go. Yeah, And so we started this process that we're looking into. And so here we are, same town, not a big town. You know, we're in Green Bay. It's not Atlanta. <laughs> you think like, oh, we're competing over this, but no, just making that connection open the door for all of us. It's a really cool thing, that abundance. It just. Yeah. And I think what you highlighted there is as I get older, <laughs> I just feel like relationship capital is so much more important than say money capital. If I think about all the pivotal points, turning points in my life, either in business or even in medicine, like my career, it's relationships that have brought about that. And so the more and more I go into business and entrepreneurship and medicine, like the relationship capital is what we should focus on because that open up just like well your example just abundant opportunities that you might not have even seen or known before. Yeah. So with those relationships, and I just wanted to step back again, because when we're talking about doctors, and I just thought of this because I was telling a story about some of our non-doctor professional peers. I found that a lot of doctors are really hesitant about real estate. Like they're excited, but they're scared. And I really think it comes down to that Everybody's heard some horror story. Oh, they lost a bunch of money in real estate. Those things happen, but there's a hundred times more stories about somebody who found financial freedom in real estate. Yeah. So when you're talking to doctors about this, what are some of the biggest concerns or holdups that keep them from moving forward? There are many. I think everyone is different, but I would say the most common ones are, am I going to lose money? How risky is this? And how do I know that this is going to work, right? And in the end, I think is their uncertainty is greater than their certainty. And so what I try to do is help them 
whether they invest or not become certain about the decision, because that's essentially how people are going to make decisions. I would say doctors as a whole, being one myself, and my husband's also a physician, like we're just more a risk adverse group, right? We just don't take big risks. And because in medicine, if we take big risks, we usually end up with bad results, right? It's <laughs> life or death situation. So we don't like to really veer off too far off the beaten path because that will lead us into a very bad position medically for the patient. So I find that they kind of like the straight route laid out for them. And sometimes real estate is not that way because there's so many choices. Just like when we had to choose for residency, we could choose anesthesiology, orthopedics, ophthalmology, internal medicine. In real estate, you could also choose just in the commercial real estate realm, right? Like self-storage, apartments, RV parks, whatever. And then within that, you have development, you have value add, you have all these other opportunities. And sometimes more choices just creates more uncertainty for the physicians. And my advice to them is really, what is your investment goal? What are you trying to accomplish with the investment? Then you can match that vehicle to that goal. Because if you don't know where the end destination that you're trying to get to is, it doesn't matter which deal you're going to invest in, if it's not going to take you there. So that's where I try to start them. It's like, what is your end goal? Is it really like financial freedom in five years? Or is it just to grow your wealth and you still want to work until you're 60, 65? Those are very different paths that you're going to take in terms of real estate investing, which is a very large term to encompass a lot of things and a lot of methods. That is such a great point. Yeah, because there's so many different things and the risk profile and what they do changes even within an asset class, just the deal, Mm -hmm. depending on each one. And I've even seen some docs, they get concerned when the return looks too good. Yeah. One of my peers, the first time we were looking at a strip mall value add, and it wasn't a crazy, I mean, it was really like a 20% cash on cash. So, Mm -hmm. but if you're used to the stock market, that seems like a crazy number. And she was like, is this legal? (laughs) And I also find that a lot of people in general, not just physicians, are not exposed to, quote, alternative investments, right? It sounds very scary. Um, Most of us, including myself before I discovered real estate, was very traditional path. Like, you go to work, you get a job, you put money in the 401k, and then you have extras you put in the stock market. So, having this new asset class that's not often publicly advertised by financial advisors or your typical 401k plan, unless you do a self-directed IRA or 401k, like they just don't have exposure. So when they see these returns that's off the beaten path from what they're used to, it raises a red flag within their head. And that's why I think education is so important because once they realize how these deals work, what the business plan is, where these numbers come from, what they even mean, then it makes a lot more sense. And they're usually a go once they see how it works. And the timeline can be different for different people too, that some people see it and they read it and they understand it and it makes sense. And other people, it takes a longer time. And I think that for anybody listening is a great thing that If you're on a different track, either you feel like jumping right in and your friends are like, be careful, or everybody else seems like they're jumping in faster and you're not quite comfortable, 
just keep walking down the road, keep learning. And I think with understanding, and especially where even some deals that seem risky, there's so many things you can do to change the plan. It's almost in some ways like doing surgery. You've got a plan and there's the textbook plan and one out of a hundred, actually, you're like, wow, this is just the way it's supposed to be. But most of the time it's not. And you get started and what the original plan was works, or maybe the anatomy is different and you got to make adjustments. And real estate kind of works the same way, you know, that rarely does the plan work out just perfect without finding something along the way that needs to go a little different. I completely agree. And I love that analogy of doing surgery or maybe a procedure. Most of the time it goes as you think it should, right? But there's always some nuance, even if it's minor that you're like, oh, I had to make a little adjustment. For instance, like I'm an eye surgeon. So sometimes some steps I'm like, oh, that was a little off and I have to tweak my hands a certain way or inject more gel in the eye to form it or to push the pupil back or something, even though the surgery is complete. And when you look at the eye the next day, it looks like it was just a surgery. But during the surgery itself, there were all these minor tweaks and twists and turns. And I think with any deal, at least the deals that I've been involved in, it's never been like, this is the plan. We're going to hit 90% occupancy by you know this month. There's always some twists and turns. And eventually, hopefully, you get to your end destination of what you want to accomplish. But the plan to execute that might be a little bit different. And I think being doctors and surgeons, that's a great analogy because it helps them understand that it's not going to be textbook perfect, like you said. As you were saying, I had this thought that as we move along and you gain more experience, you become more comfortable. And so when you're a resident, you studied the surgery in the textbook, and then you're watching them do it. It seems like everything's different because you just have one view. And then 20 years into your career, you're making these adjustments. And when you're done with the surgery, you're like, that was pretty straightforward, even though you made a lot of variations through the whole thing. And I think when you start into real estate investing and you look at this plan that somebody has and every little deviation becomes this very linear thinking and every little deviation feels like, oh my goodness, this is not the plan. But after you've been at it for a while, the little deviations seem normal because they're still getting you to this goal. And so it becomes more comfortable to see a change. Right. No, I completely agree. And the other thing, as you were talking about that analogy, is also as a passive investor looking at deals, right? In the beginning, is like you look through everything and you're at least... I remember just highlighting words like, what does this mean? And trying to look up in books or online, like, how did they calculate this? And it's the same thing when you were in residency training, right? You're like, an eye surgery took me sometimes an hour to complete. And probably the attending was like falling asleep, but was so patient, right? Just watching, you know, me do surgery so slowly. But as you progress into attending hood, like, you complete your surgeries, even almost thinking about it. And it's the same thing as you're looking at deals. It's like, you know, it's a yes or a no almost right away. And then if it's maybe yes, you start looking into it further. So you develop those skills and that muscle as you look at more and more deals. Yeah. And even like the terms, it's like going to a specialty grand rounds <laughs> as a medical student. 
and you just hear word soup. You're like, you could be in another country because you're like, I have no idea what just happened here. When I first started all the syndication terms, I was like, I have no idea what this is. And just, it takes some time. Was that it was Joe Farrell said when he first started, he made his little cue cards while he's riding the subway to work. He would go through and be like, okay, I'm going to learn three terms every day or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of the same. like studying anatomy, right? As a first year student, it reminds me of that. I remember making flashcards of the different muscles and bones. It's almost like studying anatomy in a way. (laughs) It is because it's so foreign. You have to memorize the basics to build that network that you can start thinking about it. And it can be really uncomfortable at first. Some people then they give up and they're like, I'll just go back to buying a mutual fund because it's easy. Mm -hmm. I would just encourage people, just stay curious. Like if you really have an interest in the real estate, the best thing you could do is just stay curious and ask questions. Because the more curious you stay and the more questions you ask of people, you'll learn more and you'll be more engaged as well. That is awesome advice. So let's wrap up this show today there because that is so awesome. We are going to have Nancy back for the second half of this conversation. And we're going to go into some of her philanthropy and how she utilizes what she's built to spread this to other people. So thank you so much, Nancy. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Mike. Talk to you soon. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you got value from this episode, you know other surgeons are hungry to become job optional, and you can help them by sharing this content today. I'd also love to serve you better, so I wanted to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you take a moment and leave an honest written review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, If you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help you. Schedule a call and we can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.